everybody and welcome to this week's episode of the Nursing Handover podcast. You are listening to Gigi and Diane and yeah this is the start of a new week and of course a new topic. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool, cool. I can't wait to get into it. I think it's going to be pretty interesting if I say so myself. Yeah. So before we get anywhere, how are you? I'm good, just tired, you know, juggling. Um, yeah, just uni demands and deadlines mm-hmm. and placement and whatnot. But otherwise, I cannot complain. Good, good, good. And yourself, how are you? Me, I'm all right. Um, I just think I'm a bit burnt out, you know. Despite starting a new job, I just, I would love, like, some actual, <clears throat> just some actual time off. What, from, from working, from nursing? Yeah, bit of everything, if I'm honest. I can always take a sabbatical. Yeah, that might be, that might be the, ne- the next thing coming. But no, apart from that, I'm just a bit meh, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I think it's quite, I think this year, more than any year, yeah, just the way it's all gone, how it's all played out. There's no escape from anything. I think no. you're kind of, it's like, a, how can I say, playing a video on a loop. Yeah. It's one of those things, it's, you know, it's very constant. Yeah, like a monotone video. Yes, yeah, a, con- a, constant, a constant state <laughs> of nothing, essentially. Yeah. But no, I think like, I'll be fine. I just, like you said, this year has just been kind of blech with everything that's kind of happened and you know we're now here yeah but also i don't think you rest enough that's probably the problem no and everyone so says this the burnout is a bit self-inflicted to an extent yeah that i can't deny like i always say to you guys take your breaks i should listen to my own advice yeah uh, because you know as much as i love being a nurse we're not irreplaceable no so you know Unless your daddy owns the NHS, <laughs> you don't need to break your back for it. Very true, very true, very true. But no, so I'm like just learning how to chill out more and not stress myself. Yeah, definitely. Lots of self care tips. Yeah, I just and, think, yeah, just take time. Yeah, the end of my 2020 year. That's my mantra: take time, take a rest, and enjoy what you can. Yep, you, you want to be there to make it to the next the next stage of the 20 era, 2020s. Sure. So yeah, just, just don't do too much. <laughs> but saying all of that, that just I think that just brings us right into this week's topic. Yes, yes. So this week, guys, we are going to be discussing starting jobs and starting a new life during a pandemic. As you yeah. all currently know, both Diane and I have both started new jobs during the pandemic of 2020. And I can say there's been a lot of mixed emotions, lots of ups and downs in regards to, go, especially going from an acute setting to a community setting. Yes. Yeah, it's definitely different mm. in many different ways. Um, so first things first... Um, are you crazy for leaving a job and starting a new one in the middle of, I guess, a pandemic, a global health disaster? Mm-hmm. Um, no, because life must go on, is my yeah. opinion. Same to be honest. And I think especially with the jobs we do, it, it hasn't really changed. I think it's changed how we work as in, for example, you've got a limited amount of people that can be on a ward or you know there's certain places you can't go if you're in the community xyz but i think healthcare as a whole we haven't really seen much of a difference to me if you're proper acute but if you're in places like outpatients you might see a huge difference yeah i think i would say in the sense that you can't allow the environment to limit what you want to do yeah because you don't know when anything is going to end mm-hmm. and you just kind of have to do things and take a risk yeah um yeah especially if you've had these plans prior to all this stuff happening you just want to get on with it I would say yeah and I think after a while corona or not 
like Diane said, if you've got a plan and you want to do something, you just kind of have to get to it. I'm not going to stop my career or what I want to do in life because of, you know, the national pandemic, the international global pandemic. Yeah. Things are still happening all around us. Like at the end of the day, people still need services, um, targets and all sorts still have to be met. It's just, we're just adjusting to the new life, which is our new norm. Oh God. Um, I mean, yeah, like, I mean, I would say new normal, but I almost don't want to call it a new normal because it's quite, it's quite a depressing thing that we're in. Yeah. Um, I'd like to call it a temporary measure, but I don't know if it's the beginning of the end or like it's a downfall of, of, of society. I don't know how to describe this space that we're in. Um, I would definitely say job-wise. Yeah. Um, I was always going to change job mm-hmm. at some point this year. So even before this, kind of, I guess, stuff happened, whether it did or didn't happen, it was always going to be the plan. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you've got something you want to do, corona or not, you were never gonna. It was never gonna stop you from getting to where you want to be. Yeah, it may depending on what you want to do it may make it harder or easier, but no, it was never an option. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Like, do you... I think, well, you've pretty much asked that question already. I was going to say, do you think that we're crazy? With all the things that have happened and how life has played out, are we crazy for jumping ship midway through? Well, I haven't really jumped ship. I'm still a nurse. I'm just in a different area. Um, and I think that's a, a, a that's a very big stigma when you look mm. at acute and community. Yeah. Um, people believe that if you're in acute, you work much harder, that you're the backbone, that you do the most work and you're the most important people. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people tend to, I'd say, tarnish the community and say that they're lazy and they go there to drink cups of tea and they want an easy life and they want a normal schedule. And yeah. I must say, I think you need to have worked in both properly to appreciate the pros and cons of both environments. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's crazy to have gone from one to the other. I think it's it's very eye-opening to see mm. what happens beyond an acute environment. Yeah. Um, yeah, so no, I don't, I don't think it's crazy. And I, and I, and I think it's, it's, it's made me respect the community staff a lot more and made mm. me appreciate what people actually do because it's a lot of work yeah. and they are rarely, rarely spoken about because they're not in a hospital. Yeah, because I even think like once I got my job and I started telling people about it, so I, be- I have become a safeguarding school nurse. People were like, oh, like school nurses actually exist. Like, mm. I had to, I kind of had to educate people that the role actually is there and Every school still well. Every state school has a school nurse. Yeah, private so, schools have them too. Um, but yeah, it's like the shock of people being like, "Oh, so what are you going to do?" Like, especially now that we've got lockdown two point aren't you guys just working from home? And the case is no, we're not. Like, we're very much school based. We're very much in the office with you know the adequate PPE, but. I just think it's a different, like I said to you privately, Diane, like it's a different type of stress as well. You, yeah, you, you know this more than I do. Yeah, it's very, it's very different. Mm. Um, one thing I can say is that it's a lot of work, a lot of work. And a lot I of think, paperwork. I think the stress levels change according to what's happening and the mm. demand. And you're kind of one person dealing with a lot of people at the same time. Um, and also you're in an environment like what we're in now where yeah. you, you have limitations. So you can't give the service you would love to give because you are limited by, it could be what, you know, location mm-hmm. or rules or and measures that are in place. So um, it's, like I said, it's different. It is different. It's an adjustment. Yeah. If you're, if you're not somebody that's used to it, it's definitely new. And it's something that you're just a bit like, well, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But um, I feel like everybody should try it yeah. if, it's for, if it's for them 
or even get a taster of it just to kind of dip your toes in and expose yourself to life beyond the acute environment yeah no I I totally agree with what Diane said totally like I don't think you can really call make a judgment call if you haven't done both because your assumptions of both will be I would essentially be that one works harder than the other when really from what I've seen we work just as hard but it's a different type of it's a different type of work yeah Uh, it's it's I, I I don't know I kind of find now that I've done a bit of acute and I've done a bit of um, the community environment, I kind of find the acute is a snapshot of someone's life and the community mm. is their lifelong life. Yeah, because I was talking about this with like my with my mentor and she and we basically came to terms and saying, for example, my experience in AE, like you said, it's a snapshot. You only have the people there for a limited amount of time. So in AE, you don't get to know people like you would if they were on your caseload for like a year or so or however long so the relationship that you would build with your patients and other service users are totally different and how you'd combat that and deal with the stresses of work and other things is totally different but no so far I think for me starting a new job during the pandemic I think it's been quite scary Mm. because I've completely left trust I've I've left all of normality for me like I've always been someone that knows someone everywhere I've gone not necessarily relying on that but now I've gone to somewhere that I know absolutely no one Mm. and I have to start all over again which I'm quite happy about because if you don't know me from Adam you can make your own assumption of me but it's still just as nerve-wracking and I think sometimes I feel like if I had someone it might make this road a little bit easier but then saying that I also knowing me probably wouldn't push myself as out of the box as I'm doing at the moment yeah you get what I mean like if you've got someone there that you know you wouldn't Try, you wouldn't dip your toe in every in all the pies. Dip your finger. Sorry, guys. Dip your finger in all the pies. What if you knew someone? If you didn't. Oh wait, no, I'm, I'm confusing myself. Sorry. As in, what I mean is, if, as I don't know anyone, I'm tr- I'm trialing new things all over my department that I would never do. Mm. And if I did know someone, that person probably real, just because they're there, their presence would probably reel me in. Right, yeah. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, I think so. I guess you're saying because you're out of your comfort zone, you have no choice but to do new things. Why can I just say that? <laughs> yeah, more or less. Yeah. But I also think it's very important. I think to me personally, Mm. I think you do need to go and you need to be around people that you don't know because when you're around people that you do know, you get too comfortable. Yeah. And um, if there's one thing I can definitely say about nursing is you, only you can push yourself. Yeah, like no um, matter the amount of people behind you or what you've done, if you're not ready to try something new, you're never going to do it. Yeah. I mean, it's very easy to become complacent. You go mm. to a place, you love it, you know everybody, everybody knows you, you know the system. Yeah, but does it feed you? Does it challenge you? Does it make you want more? Are you excited to go into work? You know, it, I kind of feel like a job has to not keep you on your toes, but you need to always be learning. You need to be exposed mm. to new things, and that's also part of being uncomfortable. Sometimes is stepping out of comfort because eventually knowing everybody, yeah, over time and knowing how things work and just knowing people mm-hmm. is great. It's easy but is it the best for your career right now? And I, and I would say us as nurses, we're quite young in our career. We've only been nurses for five years. Mm-hmm. I think if I've been a nurse for 40 years, then yes, that's fine because I'm going to retire soon. Yeah. But if I only, I'm only 27. So being very comfortable very quickly might hinder me. Yeah, because then it's like you get, the, I don't know about you, but like I'd get the itch and I'd be looking what's next for me to have under my belt. Yeah, and I think the more you stay in a place, the less likely you are to leave because you get scared to leave. Yeah. 
you know, you, 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 like I said, you get comfortable. And then there's fear of, gosh, I don't know if I can do anything else. And then yeah. you just stay stuck, essentially. Yeah. Did you find that coming towards the end of NICU, prior to you currently um, going on to the skiffing course, did you think that this might be you? What, an element of feeling stuck? Yeah. And not sure, like not knowing whether to try something new or to just stay and progress where you are. Um, you know what? It was just mixed feelings because I mm. love Niku. Um, I love everything about Niku. It's yeah. my first love. I'll always say that, and it encompasses all the things I want to be as a nurse in every yeah. way. Um, I think for me it was like an emotional thing. Mm. and an ethical thing there were just things I didn't want to see anymore yeah um there's things I didn't enjoy looking at mm. and they're, they're just some things that to me were just too much yeah. and it does concern me like the future of medicine and where we're going is when when do we stop when is enough enough yeah and I think for me that was my decision to go mm-hmm. it was that like I can dip in and out of this by choice but I don't want to permanently be in this in, in this space yeah because you know, being a NICU nurse, it's not just the, the physical or practical, but the compassion and the emotion that goes into it is a lot. Yeah. That and you're, you're, you're on a journey with those families and, you know, you're kind of growing them and their child. You're, yeah. you're helping their child grow and, you know, get to that point where they're ready to go home. And you're also kind of teaching and guiding these two people to become parents. Mm. so you're part of a very big part of their story though it's a moment if you think of the child's whole life in that time period it's a very big it's a big thing Mm. but yeah so for me it was like an emotional and a personal thing like ethically do you feel happy with what you're doing yeah Um, you know can you watch this every day for the rest of your life kind of thing so yeah but again I do love it enough that I would go back and do it yes I would and when did you think that you wanted to become a health visitor? Is it something that you've always wanted to do? Or is it something that as time has gone on, you've been like, I think I'll be really good at it. I'm going to try it. Oh, um, so I loved my health visiting placement as a student. Mm. I really, really enjoyed it. And so I knew that, yes, like I'm going to do this at some point in my career. Mm hmm. Um, but then I, my plan was always to do a rotation and then go and do it and then ended up in NICU for five years. So it was one of those like, okay, right now I've done NICU for five years. Now let me go and do it. I did have a little mini hiatus in a, in a community role in mm. a health team. So I got the exposure to it. So what and was I just, the difference between the hiatus in the health team to now? Do you think that's also what aided you to go on and do your course or? Say that again. You mean the difference between? Yeah, like when you were working in the health assisting team prior to now doing the course, is it, did that make you feel like, you know what, I want to do this a lot more? Or did you ever feel like once you were gone, once you'd gone to community, that was going to be it when you did that time? Uh, no. So with my history so I went to the community for like I think six months and I went back to NICU Mm -hmm. and again like I always wanted to do the health visiting course but I didn't know I'd go back I guess I wasn't sure if I would definitely go back Mm -hmm. um in terms of the roles of a staff nurse and a health visitor obviously the responsibility is a little bit different um the liability is a little bit different yeah You're, you're carrying a caseload like so there's a lot more to it um, yeah. And you're, you're definitely a practitioner in every way. Yeah. Um, you're obviously more autonomous. Mm-hmm. You have to make a lot of your own decisions. And I think that was a very big pivotal thing for me because though in NICU you are a practitioner and you do work, you know, you have your allocation, that's your baby. Mm. And you work in a team a lot. And I kind of felt like it's very easy to get lost within a big team. Yeah. And in um, this environment, you're forced to make decisions you have to make judgment calls based on what you can see and to me that's part of being a nurse you need to challenge yourself you need to put yourself in a position that makes you a little bit uncomfortable you need to learn to be autonomous and make those decisions for families for children and follow through with it and be confident in what you're doing 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess for me, it's almost like not proving a point to myself, but pushing myself to be more because I know I can do it. It's mm-hmm. probably why it's like a personal goal to achieve for me. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'll stay in health as in, mm. but it's a good start for me personally. No, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And I think, you know, that's the career progression we all kind of want. Like yeah, as much definitely. as as much as you would love acute, I know for me personally, it's not somewhere I want to be forever, but it's somewhere I can always go back to, and th- it's not. Yes, that leaving the acute was bittersweet, but I'm not leaving for a negative reason, and I'll always return. Yes, like you were there this weekend. Yeah. Not even been a month. It's back. It hasn't. It's actually been like two weeks, but um. No, it's the truth, because I think I everyone's experience is very different, and how I feel about where I worked prior, to those that know me know that as many times as I go, I always come back, but it's But why do you go back? Why do you my go home. back? Like, it sounds, it sounds silly, but it's legit, it's just because it's my home. And as in, I see as, for example, regardless of how many times you leave home, your parents will always take you back to an extent. Yeah. And I, that's kind of like the same with this particular place. Mm-hmm. Um, on my, in my particular department, like we're legit a family. Regardless of some of the stressful situations you may end up in and things that can be said you know there's never any malicious intent and we're literally just a family and we're always here to support one another by with everything and to this day I can still say it's probably the best place I've ever worked pre-nursing included wow don't get me wrong that's a very big statement very big statement don't get me wrong there's some days I'm just like why am I here and I hate it but Honestly, probably one of the best places I've worked with some of the best nurses I've ever worked with. I'm not just saying that because that's my team, but we have people come through all the time and they say the same things. Like they hear of where where it is and they're like, oh, like, you know, you expect it to not be as great, but you come and we like, a lot of our students say this, that they come, spend the time with us and they love it. And what is it about that team that makes it the best? I wish I could say, I don't really know, you know. I think I'd just say, I'd say it was probably how well we gelled together. And I'm not even just talking about just the peed side. I'm talking about like the A&E as a whole. It's legit a family. And I think over the last few years, everyone has pretty much come together Mm. and you know regardless of how the shift goes you've always got people behind you that are always like supporting you and pushing you some some days you may feel otherwise but that's pretty much like the normal day-to-day thing I can say about that particular place so So leaving that sorry go on I was going to say, I'm talking about teams and I guess teams and being really close and stuff. So Mm. how has it felt joining a new team in an environment that we're in at the moment? Honestly, I think it's been quite stressful. Like I said last week, I really hate induction periods. And if the pandemic wasn't going on, I probably would have met most of the team by now. But because of the current situation and people working from home people having to shield so everyone seems to still be working but just working from remote places so it's been quite hard so I think what I found quite useful was when I was contacting people individually to plan little things to do online with them I just sent a mass team email and was like hi I'm Geraldine I'm one of your new starters um and I basically said to them like I've never done school nursing before never worked in the community before this is all very new to me so whatever you have going if you've got any visits that I can tag along to or any meetings I can observe online whatever please throw them my way and my line manager came to say that's probably 
one of the best things I could have done because she was like it's such a shame that you know you're starting now with all of this going on so you're not able to meet people like the traditional way and she was like I've never she said she's never seen anyone just get up and do that because it's quite daunted to send a team email when you're like what day two in um and I think I just had to get it out get it over and done with because emailing people individually I think after a while just gets a bit tiresome Mm. and again it's still daunting because half of these people that I've been working with online I've never met so even if they came into the office I wouldn't know who they were no but you look at each other on camera oh no half of the like a lot of people turn their cameras off or don't have them on at all or, or call in dial into meetings so you haven't got pictures or anything so again I have no idea what half of my team looks like I could probably pick out their voices but that's about it so I guess it's quite nerve-wracking I think because I think you have to try a lot harder to get people to notice you or even realize you've got a new starter Mm. and because like everyone's not in the everyone's not in the office as they would you've uh, you as a new starter have to make more of an effort because I think this is where you can get left behind very quickly yes I felt like I've had to be a lot more proactive than I would have in other induction periods yeah but I also don't know whether that's yeah yeah, but I don't know whether that's also a community thing because acutely you're you're all there together that's it that's your team Whereas here, people are, there's a lot of loan working and stuff like that. So these are all new things I'm learning. Yeah, it's definitely, an ad- if you're so used to being around lots of people, mm. I mean, in a community you are, but you do work alone. Yeah. Um, and that's something you have to get used to, mm. I feel like. And I'm not saying it's like that all the time, but people are going for meetings, people have a caseload, people, um, you manage your own diary. Yeah. So it's not always a combined team effort 24-7 the way it is in an acute environment. Mm. Um, it's a different level of teamwork. It's a different yeah. kind of support. Yeah. Um, one thing I found in the community is the different age groups. Um, oh. I've found that going into the community, you're the youngest. You're quite young. Yeah. When you're there, um, a lot of the nurses there have been nurses for like, years you know like 10 years plus and they're mostly um family orientated people so they've got children mm. they have partners um different commitments they're completely different lifestyles to you yeah so that is a big adjustment uh, yeah it's a big adjustment because finding think... go on i'm just finding what you can relate to with them at times right. you have to pick up what you can relate to basically yeah so I think there's times that me and you, Diane, have had conversations and we've been like, it's just so different how on the woods people are completely have different goals. Well, everyone has different goals in general, but the goals that you'd see in an acute setting to the goals that you see in the community are so different. Like from what I've seen, a lot of people are like, I need to be home by 5.30 to look after my kids X, Y, Z. Whereas acutely it's going to be oh, I need to make sure that I've planned my days off and I can go on holiday here, here and here. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, I think, again, and that's, that's the age, isn't it? It's yeah. people in such different places. Um, I, I do kind of feel like, yeah, so that can be a bit of a challenge if you are new to a team and you're used to people that are the same age as you and have the same lifestyle as you and have the same issues and problems as you. I guess it's easier to just find common ground. Um, and again, I think in the community is more about effort. Yeah. Um, it is a lot more about putting yourself out there. It is getting involved. It is making conversation. It's knowing how to gauge the room is what I would yeah. always say. It's like, look, see how people are, like, see the kind of conversation people are having. Where can you join in there, here and there? Mm-hmm. Smile. Don't look like you're scared. Yeah. Um, talk to people. Like, don't always wait to be spoken to sometimes I think oh 100 um, it's good to make an effort mm. that's really really important be on time no matter where well, you're yes. going because in the community time is of the essence you only have eight hours in the day mm-hmm. versus the 12 hours that you have in in 
in the acute area and I think yeah. it's a, a really big thing I mean I personally I hate 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 being late mm. places and um like I said community you, you need to be on time people do respect you a lot more when you are respectful of their time for sure and how have you found it the change from like the change from acute to community um it's good in a sense of you do have a normal life yeah um though you you do you are carrying a lot on your shoulders no one's going to die imminently in front of you yeah and I can't lie it's one pressure that does lift off of you because I know that that child won't die if I give that leaflet tomorrow and I didn't give it today or if I forgot to say something I can call that mother or father back and tell them yeah whereas I think in the acute setting everything is in the moment there and then adrenaline rush it's all bang 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 at times Mm -hmm. so there's that element of yes like you can not relax but there's a it's a bit of a controlled and it's you feel a bit more safer or you just feel a bit more at ease to an extent Mm. um it's different seeing children that are well and that are not sick yeah that's a change because you're very used to um seeing sick kids and I I really struggled when I had my first community job because I didn't feel like I was needed um but why is that because you weren't you didn't you didn't have that you didn't get to you weren't doing what you would have been doing in the acute setting or I think I just felt like no one actually needs me because their children are well. Nothing's yeah. wrong with them. You know, it, it, people that, if people do or don't know is the health visiting service is optional. You don't have to have it. Mm-hmm. So people don't have to come and see you. People don't have to access your service. They don't have to take any of your advice. Yeah. Um, so that was really like hard in the, the very first community job I did. Mm-hmm. It was very, very difficult concept to wrap my head around that people don't need my advice they don't actually need my support they don't need me mm-hmm. and I don't know if that spoke more about me internally as a person or me as a nurse but it definitely was a very strange feel. like I just didn't feel needed and it was very weird for me but do you think that's another reason why you may have gone back to NICU because of that feeling of not being needed I think yeah I went back to prove to myself I could work in intensive care, that was the main sole reason of going back. Yeah. Um, I also missed patient contact. I think I missed helping people. I missed seeing, like, my contribution to mm-hmm. someone's life really improve. Yeah. Um, I really did miss that. And yeah. I couldn't get it in the first job. I, I, I just wasn't seeing how I was making anyone's life better. Mm-hmm. And do you, are and you seeing that now? Or are you... Yeah, I get it. I think, now, I think now, because I'm going to be that practitioner, so I've, mm-hmm. I'm not a staff nurse in the team, I'm now going to be the health visitor myself. Mm-hmm. I can understand now the different type of model of nursing yeah. that you're giving. I can understand more why we need to give the support. And mm-hmm. I think it now frustrates me that people don't utilise this service more because it's free. Yeah. And it's a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. You're given advice on sleep, on behaviour, on potty training, on weaning, on breastfeeding, on mental health, um, on language, on child development, immunisations, yeah. you know, nutrition and diet. There's so much that you do. And only I feel like when you're in it and you want to do it and you really understand and you can match everything together. You can't, it kind of becomes full circle. Mm-hmm. So for me now, I think it was good that I did do it for a little bit and I went back and have come back into it because I can appreciate it a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been passionate about it, but I think I'm more passionate now because I see how much society needs it. Yeah. And I must say, working in a pandemic in a new role, because again, I'm studying while I work, yeah while in the pandemic so doing all of that has made me realize how much society does need these community roles how important our roles are in public health because my official title would be a specialist community public health nurse so 
you know, I don't think I, I think I've come, um, I think I've come into it at the best time, actually, personally for me. Really? Yeah, I definitely have because I feel like this is public health. We're in the middle of a public health disaster. Yeah. And what better time than to get into the thick of the community? And this, is, and this is a worst case scenario and I'm working through it. And to me, in my head, if I can work and study mm-hmm. in this environment, I can do anything. Yeah. And legit, you the know, world would be your oyster. This is the worst it will ever get. Yeah. Literally. And I'm doing it. So it means that when life resumes and we have some level of normality, mm-hmm. I will manage. Because if I can manage now with limited physical contact in terms of like meetings and things like that. If I can go and see children in homes in full PPE, yeah. well, when I'm, when I'm without, I'm going to soar. So yeah. to me, it's, it's, I guess, turning a, posi- a negative into it's a positive. A, yeah. You know? I totally understand that. And you're right. Like the re- I can't lie, prior to coming into the community centre, I used to think like they have it so much easier. Yes, I know, before anyone says anything, yes, I know I'm only three weeks in, but you can see the difference between the community and the acute setting and, like, the way you get, the way you deliver your care and what you do for your patients. And that was, like, one of the things that pushed me into the role. But I think, like, for me, the reason I I went into it is just I wanted to change. Mm. And as much as I loved Amy and I, I loved safeguarding, I wanted a change. I wanted something different because I can't. I one. I I don't think I could work through another pandemic. I don't think I could. I could do it again. Um, and two, I want to be able to deliver care to my patients, service users, clients, whatever you want to call the people we serve to an extent. Um, I wanted to try delivering another sort of care. Mm. And. I think my my experience from safeguarding alone, because even though that wasn't the acute setting, it was still like a nine to five inverted commas community job, still based in the hospital. And realizing I could do that, and me knowing that I was good, I found I had I had found something that I think I'm extremely good at. This is the best time to excel in it. Oh yeah, most definitely, and also again. This is this is the time where safeguard is at, safeguarding is at its highest. Yeah. So you're because, going to have so much to do. Yeah. Don't tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> like a few weeks ago, when I said I was ready for another headache, legit, it's another headache. But um, no, I'm ready for a new challenge. I just there was something that my last manager said to me, and it's, it's stuck with me ever since. That especially when it comes to changing jobs. If you're, ideally, if you find somewhere that you like, but there's always things you want to chop and change, don't stay anywhere longer than four years, unless unless that's where you want to, where you want to make your, your stand. Because mm. the longer you leave it, the harder it is to leave. And yeah, most definitely. You just get comfortable. Yeah. And, you know, who wants to get comfortable? Because once I get comfortable, I know I'm not going anywhere. So that's something that's always stuck with me. And as, like Diane said, as we've reached five years and the majority of my, my work experience has pretty much been A&E and a few other things I've done, I've got to try something new. There's so many different other sides to nursing, as you know, that why am I going to just settle for one? This way, yeah. I can try them all and always go back to them. It may not be the specific team as much as I love them. It may not be the specific team, but I can it's like the beauty of being a nurse you can literally work anywhere and do anything so the world's my oyster yes and I guess that's the beauty mm. as Jordan said of the of, of the nursing role you yeah. know come rain come shine come pandemic um you're not limited to stay mm-hmm. stuck so if anybody is in a role where they feel like gosh I can't leave because if I leave what am I going to do? And if I don't like it, you know, yeah. don't, don't allow the environment to dictate what you want to do because at the end of the day, you don't know when this is going to end. Yeah. You and know, even so you, that, you, 
even saying that, even if you were redeployed and you've now found a love for where you were redeployed to, you would never have had that experience if it wasn't for the pandemic. You would never push yourself to try something new if this didn't happen. Like me and Diane did go out into community roles, but even the little things we've done during our come up, if we didn't push to go and do them, we wouldn't be where we are now. And which is paving the way for who we're going to be in the future. Yeah, definitely. And I, and I, I must say, I think it's, it's confidence that comes with time. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for me, I don't think in my first year or the, you know, when I first started as a nurse, I would have been, I don't know, like taking leaps and bounds. I kind mm-hmm. of was like, oh, I'll do this and I'll see how it goes and la, 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 la. So it's okay if you're just at the start of your journey. Yeah. And, um, you know, you're thinking, God, I don't know if I like it yet. You ha- I think you have to try a little bit. Yeah. But also be very honest with yourself because if you don't like something, you don't like it. Yeah, don't stick um, it out. If you're, if you're, yeah. I, I find, like, like I've always said, and I've been quite transparent with this. I, I, for me, I did not like intensive care. I think it's just the way it works. It's not for me. And I find that a lot of nurses that a lot of nurses that go from A and E to ITU, ITU to A and E, have the same struggles because it's a high, highly critical place. But you have your ways of working. Like a lot of ITU nurses say, like A and E is messy, and we can work in the mess and decipher and do what we need to do. Whereas on PICU or ICU, as I see it, those sick patients are kind of like neatly packaged to an extent but still unwell you're still delivering the care but it's a different it's they're all in a different capacity so for me I did not enjoy working on ICU hats off to those who do because I I just can't do it there's don't get me wrong there's things I enjoyed about it but when I realized it wasn't for me I didn't wait till like I, I wasn't one that was like I'm gonna wait a year before leaving I wasn't happy I saw it wasn't making me happy and I left because I don't know what it, what that me staying longer would have done to me for like my mental health and what I want to achieve. Yeah, is that making sense? Yeah, it is. I do. I get exactly what you're saying. Yeah. So I'm with Diane. I don't stay somewhere that you're not happy because there'll be someone but, else that that's what they want to do and that's what they enjoy. So, and but also give it a chance. Hmm. I think you need to give yourself enough of a chance. Yeah. Um, just to, you know, gain the experience, see how you feel about a place. Because yeah. it's always hard being a new person. It's always hard kind of starting again. Mm-hmm. You're building your relationships again. Um, you know, especially if you're newly qualified. You know, it, it's daunting at times. Yeah. But I, I definitely say give everything a good, good chance before you jump ship and go yeah. to another environment completely but at the same time if you're sure you're sure and be confident in your decision yeah there's not really much else i can say diane's really just hit the nail on the head <laughs> girl what can i say been hit, hitting a lot hitting a lot of people these days <laughs> much of my info. <laughs> do what you need to but no 100 i just don't feel like because i think i've got some friends that are like oh i can't leave during the at this moment in time and I, because of what's going on but I think this is like you said Dan this is probably the best time to do it because this is what's going to push you to either do it or don't do it mm. and go on. Nurse, nurses the jobs are always there go on NHS always. jobs go on Indeed pages and pages of jobs so you, you, you're never without jobs and I think that's the one thing we can be grateful for yeah that changing job in a pandemic is not as problematic you're not you won't ever be left in the lurch Mm -hmm. so it's not like you know we've seen unemployment rates in the UK drop and they're really low and they're really bad at the moment but at least with a nurse you do have the job security yeah of that you will always have a job yeah and it may not be what you want it to be but that's just that could, that is just a stepping stone, getting you closer to where you need to be. Because I think you also need those experiences to help mould you to be the best you you can be in your nurse life and in your personal life. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, 
it's funny there's there's you as a nurse and there's you as a person and you, you do merge mm. a lot and you learn a lot about the two of you because I feel like I'm one person but I'm two of me at the same time yeah so you do learn a lot about the other person and you do merge in different environments depends what's going on yeah but um yeah I can't lie it's been it's been a challenge to work in a pandemic but it's been very interesting yeah nothing um, I could have foreseen but you know when it gets handed to you on a plate you kind of just have to deal with it yeah I mean it's it showed a lot of things are possible yeah a lot of things I think before that wouldn't have been would not have been possible not because they didn't want to do it but because they never tried yeah um there's a lot of different ways of working that have been exposed mm-hmm. um and I think it's definitely going to change the future of work yeah in a sense of where you can work how you can work where you need to be kind of thing yeah um yeah it's it's been interesting and I can't wait I mean so my my course is a year so I, I'm still at the very beginning, which is why I don't sound stressed yet. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's going to be a very interesting ride for sure. But you'll be fine. Like I think you'll be, you'll definitely be fine, Diane. And you're going to be an amazing health visitor. Thank you. I think for me, seeing that is seeing how we finish the year. Because if we finish the year when things have returned. It'll be yeah. very good to compare the beginning and the, the end mm-hmm. and see how the service has changed from being remote to now being as it was before and yeah. seeing if it's any different or not. Do you think we'll ever go back to pre-corona time? Yeah, we will. Because if we don't, society will die out. Fair. You know, the way, the way I see society is it's a ticking time bomb makes sense so I feel like yes it will I mean personally for me in my area we are I'm seeing families in person we're doing face-to-face contact for everything Um, most things yeah okay it's only I think two two um there's two like mandated contacts that we haven't been doing face-to-face but yeah nearly everything else is face-to-face so I haven't really I've been one of the very lucky people who haven't had to sit behind a screen a lot of the time fair um and I feel very very lucky and I feel really lucky to be in a trust that really want to push face-to-face as much as possible and as safely as possible because it's the families and the children that benefit the most Mm -hmm. um the social interaction the seeing someone having somebody there that you can physically talk to yeah and they can read your body language and read your expressions and see how you're feeling Mm-hmm. It, it makes such a big difference than being over the screen with someone. Yeah. So I do feel really lucky that we've done that. No. I I that I totally understand. Because like we still see kids in school. Obviously once you gain consent, but um it'd be so it'll be so difficult to do it via like Zoom or Microsoft Teams. Because then you'll encounter like the struggles if people don't have it. But no, I think we yeah, should still, yeah. as as much as possible, still normalise face-to-face contact because you don't want it to just be once there's an emergency because then people will only learn that, you know, face-to-face things only happen when it's an emergency. But you try to avoid getting to that point if you can. Yeah, it's difficult, you know, and it's very interesting, again, like changing jobs in a pandemic that everybody works very differently. Yeah. So... I mean, I've stayed in the same trust that, I've, that I was in NICU, so it hasn't changed. Yeah. But again, it's acute a and a community, so they, they do things a bit differently. Mm. But a compl- another trust might also do stuff very differently. You know, I have colleagues on my course who don't do any face-to-face contact whatsoever. None. Yeah. And they're very, very shocked that I do face-to-face contact. So, really? yeah. There's some that haven't physically seen anybody. Oh, wow. So... Like I said, again, those are the things that you encounter. Like, it can be a very, very different way of working and you have to adapt. Yeah. And you have to learn quickly. And I think you also have to be able to put your hand up and say, I, I don't know if I can do that or I'm not comfortable with that. And that's a very brave thing to do when you're in a new environment. But yeah. if you're in a place with a good team and they facilitate and encourage you to express yourself freely, yeah. then 
That's great. Oh, 100%. Oops. I think that's all we have time for, to be honest. Yeah, gosh, that went quick. Very quick. I think we're getting better at this, Dan. <laughs> I know, trust me. Guys, guys, guys. Keep, keep, keep giving us your feedback, guys, honestly. Because we can't do this without you. Most definitely. The support. Mm-hmm. The listening. Mm-hmm. And, and the love heart likes on Instagram. But no, thank you guys. Feel free to please like, share, and subscribe to us. I keep I need to stop doing that. Like we actually have a YouTube account. Um on who who knows? Soon could be soon come. You could be speaking into existence there. (laughs) Hit us up on our socials. Um for the nursing handover podcast, our email address is at the nursing handover. Wow, yeah, I went blank at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah, wow. that's the one. And our Instagram page is at the, at the Nursing Handover podcast. So feel free to hit us up. If you want to hit us up privately, for me, Jerry, it's Jellybean with three L's and two A's. And for Diane, it's DD Lutz with a Z at the end. Mm-hmm. And that's the same for, on Twitter. So hit us up whenever. Keep reposting, resharing. And like we always say every week, we can't do this without you guys. And thank you for tuning in. Thank you, guys, as always. Mm -hmm. Until next time, guys, take care. Bye, guys. Wash your hands.